What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. As the special guest! The okayest guest. Okayest? You don't have any other guests, man. I am the most special guest you could ever hope to have on this show. Well, you're not very special to this particular show. Like, it's what? Not, well, no, you are, you're incredibly special wow. to the show. Well, I, I feel like I've stepped in my own shoes here. Yeah. Um, what I was trying to say is that you're always the guest yeah you know yeah the special guest well but like it feels like having a special guest is the type of guest where it's remarkable that that guest is on yeah i would agree I once would again agree. i feel like i'm, I'm being <laughs> insulting unintentionally <laughs> like it's expected that you'll be here yes correct okay everything okay. you've said is correct okay okay yep all right, I'm just going to let that simmer. Let that simmer. Anyway, you... while that simmer, simmer, simmers. Do you have a corny joke for us? I really do. I okay, really do. let's I have hear one. it. This, this one was actually submitted by a member of our Patreon community, and it is, why is Cinderella so bad at soccer? Because she's playing in heels. I don't know. That would be difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because she always runs from the ball. Oh! Oh! That's not how you play soccer. No, you got to run at the ball. Yeah. As a giant cluster. Or to the open space so that your teammate can like pass you the ball or something. This is the thing about soccer that I feel like when we were kids, what I really needed was an aerial view of how the game was supposed to be played. I, I even played in high school and still did not have this idea like locked in. Yeah. Um, but the the way that like professional soccer players move the ball around to one another, like soccer is literally 97% passing. Oh, yes. Like, that is the entire sport. And yet the only thing I ever wanted to do was shoot penalty kicks. Yeah, that's pretty much how so much of like the way little kids process soccer is like, I just want to dribble the ball. I'm going to go around people. I want to shoot. Like passing the ball and stuff is so, is like so the non-sexy half of soccer, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you know what the teams that win do is pass. And you know what's really way sexier? Winning. <laughs> and penalty kicks. <laughs> and penalty kicks. And red cards and yellow cards and things that are interesting. Yeah. And the moments where you, where you nut Meg somebody. Oh man, there's nothing better than, than coming up across the foe and kicking the ball straight through their legs. And oh then, man. And then they're left standing unawares. Oh and boy. They can't turn around fast enough. I in this is like a, a literally something that I think I may have mastered uh to zero actual effect as a child playing soccer was I would I would do this thing where I would like sweep my right foot across the ball, right? Which would open like their stance up, kick the ball through their legs, but I would always so I would I would successfully nutmeg them consistently. The problem was that I would get so excited that I would kick the ball like so hard between their legs mm. that it would go so far from being like in a useful position for myself. Right. So it was always like Boom! Trick ya! Yeah. And then it was like, now I have to sprint and try to catch up with the ball. And I was almost always shooting at the goal from like 10 yards to the left of the goal itself, which means I was basically shooting at the goal, which was like parallel to where I was. Yeah. And it was almost darn near impossible. That's a tough angle. So then I really wanted these predator shoes that had this like rubberized like insole. So that oh, like when yeah. you kicked it, you could put a little extra, you know. Put a little extra moxie on the ball. Some moxie. Some some English uh, is what <laughs> they call it in pool. So I wanted to put some curve on it. Like, because these are the things in my mind. And, and what I'm really actually, as I'm saying it out loud, is that all I ever really wanted to do 
do was successfully pull off trick shots while inside of a game of soccer. Right. And it was frustrating to me that it seemed like the other team was very unwilling to allow me this <laughs> opportunity. Right. Come on, other team. Like, what, you, you understand how cool it's going to look? Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Similarly, when I used to play basketball, yeah. one thing that I could not figure out how to do was successfully foul somebody like try to foul somebody well like you know it, I, for some reason i feel like i was I, in my mind you were supposed to like occasionally foul people like on purpose to, like save it's, the play it's funny the sort of things that like small children will prioritize about a sport like one thing will get stuck and you're like this is the thing i'm doing this is oh yeah no and so the gimmick the idea is that like if if you foul somebody while they're going to make a go-ahead shot, then you will have successfully prevented them from making that shot, and you're taking their chance on how good they are at making foul shots. Right. And in my mind, it was it was something that like I was attempting to do way too often. And it was <laughs> right. like I would go up, and they would like go for a layup. They would throw the ball in the air, and then I would foul them. So uh, what was happening every single time is that they were making the shot. Like, <laughs> right. like hey, they're getting the and one. The and one. Oh, and so. No. What I was discovering is that basically if I fouled you, it ensured you made the shot and your foul shot. So I was just, basketball was not my game. Basketball wasn't your game, huh? No. Sorry to hear that. No, actually, I have learned this. Uh, well, it, it's I do lots of um, self-reflecting, which I'm going to come back to in here, here in a few minutes, yeah. because I would love to cover 30 ways to improve yourself as per the internet today. Oh, okay. We don't wow, have to go, 30. We don't have to go through all 30, but we'll go through some. To I, okay. I, I have tons of self-improvement, Jay, constantly. Okay. But I feel like the quarantine has left me with tons of time to think about myself and mm. the things that have made me me throughout the years. Okay. One of the observations I've been recently making is that I'm almost never good at anything that requires any kind of technical know-how at all. Uh, and I don't mean tech like technology, but like it was, it was almost like the sports that I were good at were the ones that involved pure brute strength which is also unusual because like in high school, I weighed 135 pounds and was six feet tall. So right. brute strength is not, people wouldn't Wasn't look like at me. like an asset of yours. <laughs> yeah, so people wouldn't look at me and be like, you know what I like about Ben? His brute strength. <laughs> that was not a thing. So I was this like rail of a kid. But all what I mean by that is I was good at activities where all it took was going out and enduring the activity longer. So like, Running, for example, I could go out and become good at because all I had to do was run. Just right. one foot in, the, in front of the other. And it was like my willingness to be uncomfortable longer than the other people. Right. Was like, the I think the big thing that I had at my disposal and being six foot tall and weighing 135 pounds meant that I was very springy. Right, you my, found a way to brute strength something successfully. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. So like all I ever had to do was go out and do it. Do it harder consistently over and over and over again until the point where I eventually just became faster. Right. However, and I think it's the only sport that I was ever successfully able to pass you in at all. But on the flip side, I would say soccer and basketball and sports that involved any amount of like dribbling, yeah. know, like technical know-how where you're actually learning the skills associated, like the right. follow through, like how to kick with your laces. Right. Those were things that I feel like you were able to adapt to in, in spades. And so as a result, you were like significantly better at those sports. And I was just never as a reasonably athletic person, I feel like I was never able to become good at anything that required finesse. Finesse. Well, it's interesting that you would interpret like my qualifications on the sports field as being like so, so much better than your own or that, whatever. That is the way I saw that it. That is the way you saw it. Yeah. When I think back to the ways that like, like the things that stood out to me is like playing basketball, for example, like as a doing like rec leagues as a kid playing basketball. When I think back on it, I feel like I was always 
on like teams that did really well. Like it just so happened that the area we lived in, the rec league, the kids around where they were pooling from that would end up on my team consistently year in, year out. Very good at basketball. Oh yeah. Right. So my rec league team would often be very good uh, and which, you know, who cares? <laughs> but, I mean, not to brag, but I got uh, a participation trophy every single season. That's right. We would win a lot of games if it wasn't for those, them sons. Ugh. The sons. The sons, uh, they were good. Yeah. They, they were good every year. I feel like it was Man. the Suns, and then in soccer, it was a team called the Orange Crush. Mm, it was just, the, the soccer switched around a little bit more for yeah. my, for my yeah. That, that was like real Little League when you had just color-based things. Eventually, more like, you had like just, you know, the town you were from, you'd be like Rocky Mount or Boone's Mill or whatever. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, but so, like, the other players on my team would be very good. I would be very good at, like, rebounding, but it wouldn't even occur to me that I should be trying to score goals or, like, shoot baskets oh, that yeah. much. Yeah, lots like, of pressure. Yeah, like, like, Oh, yeah, I can get the ball, but I should be giving it to other people. Like, and it just bothers me when I look back. I'm like, why wasn't I more concerned with scoring? Like, I really wish I had put more effort into being the one making the baskets. Because I would often be assigned the, like, the uh, position of forward on the basketball team, which is the guy, there's, like, the center who stands, like, in the middle. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, right. Who would have thought? I know, right? But then you have often two forwards who sort of stand on, like, either end of the backboard. And they're there to, you know, get rebounds. It's normally, like, the next tallest people. Okay. And I would get lots of rebounds. I was very good at this particular aspect of it but it would like well i've se- i've seen you when a t-shirt gun a t-shirt cannon is in oh, yeah. play and and they're they're launching them into the crowd born, yeah, we, we've talked about it before born of my years of rebounding basketball there then. you go yeah yeah like this was this like i would have coaches of rec league teams tell me like you had like 12 or 14 rebounds which would be like an stat like more than the older kids on the team oh wow or even the taller kids but it'd be like yeah, but what'd you do with it? You know, I don't know. Maybe I was, maybe I was good. Maybe I was like a big assist man or something. That's the thing. I mean, they say like, you know, Wayne Gretzky, what was so good about him is that he made everyone else on the ice better. Yeah. He's like Michael Jordan or like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, like Michael. That's a very good comparison. Yes. Wayne Gretzky and Michael Jordan. Yes, I, I wonder if anybody's ever thought to compare them as, as competitive players, uh, uh, the goats un- of their field. Unlikely. Good thing we're here on the pop. There you go. There yeah. you go. We'll shed some light on that brand new th- thought process. Yeah. But that, that's, just one of those things I think back on. I'm like, wow. Like I didn't. Like I was just like, it. It just. I don't know why it wouldn't occur to me that like I should be. I was like telling myself like, you're not really good enough to be the one scoring lots of baskets. Maybe take a shot once or twice a game. If you get four points, that's good. But you should probably pump the brakes. So you know what I mean? Oh, see, yeah. I would. I would completely freak out if like the ball was in my hands. I feel like there was this this idea, and I, I don't know if it was born of maybe even like I was. I'm like 21 months younger than you are, but for some reason, I feel like we did end up on some of the same rec league teams. Uh, I feel like yeah, occasionally somehow it must have lined up that we you'd be on the same soccer team. Maybe they had to like draw from like a bigger age pool to like make get, enough make the, players make enough teams for the possibly whatever. yeah but I, I think that that could have played some part of it is that in general i felt like very frequently i was i was significantly younger than everybody else that was on the the court or the field but there was there was one moment in particular that i remember from rec basketball and it was like i never took three-point shots yeah ever 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 like never even thought to do it and i remember it was like in the middle of halftime and we were just like shooting the ball around and stuff like we were waiting on the game to start back up and the whole idea when you're like shooting hoops during warm-up is if you make it you get the ball back again make it take it make it take it yeah exactly and so i'm standing at the three-point line i'm just like i'm just like all right whatever i'm gonna heave it up there <laughs> swish what and everyone's like whoa and, and i was like 
that was cool. Like I didn't, oh, I didn't even know if I could make the ball to the basket from here. Like <laughs> that's remarkable. And so like make it, take it. So they throw the ball back to me, throw it up again. And I'm no, like two in a row, two, three points. Like, I'm like in my mind, that was like confirmation. Like the feedback loop had been completed. Like <laughs> that's Ben, it. this is your calling. You shoot threes. <laughs> And, so this was now your new thing. This, now I'm like, okay, I got it. So I'm inside the game and I'm like, this is going to be incredible. Like as soon as I get the ball, I'm going to take a few steps backwards just so I can like, <laughs> I can throw up this three pointer. Uh-huh. So sure enough, someone throws it to me and I'm like, here we go. And I airball it by like five oh, feet. No. Like it wasn't even remotely close to the hoop or to the net or to the backboard or anything. This is the thing about like rec league basketball for young kids kids is that the idea that they're going to hit jump shots or three pointers is laughable. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this is what I'm talking about with like the little rec league teams I would have the kids in that team were like sinking threes, not maybe not threes, but they were sinking jump shots from around the court. Yeah. In a way that I don't feel like is typical of, I don't know, seven to nine year old kids. Uh, and who knows? I mean, m- maybe, it, maybe it's more than we think it is. Maybe, maybe we're, yeah, we're maybe un- I'm remembering it wrong. Maybe we're underestimating yeah, the, maybe- <laughs> uh, the first graders of the world. Perhaps. Gosh. No, I know what you mean, though. And there was there was one, the only other, this is my other highlight, and it was literally uh, called against me, like I wasn't allowed to like do anything with it. But there was this one moment where somebody went to throw the ball over my head, and I jumped like 19 feet in the air. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I know, it was crazy. Exactly. Turned into a teen wolf. <laughs> I, I, I know, it was like, what just happened? But like, no, I literally, I like jumped up in there, and to like my own surprise, like I jump up, both hands in the air, catch the ball, and it had like so much like, you know, force, and I'm so gangly that I literally jump in the air and fall straight on my back. Well, that's a travel. So like you, yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> you committed a foul. So I committed a foul yeah. again. And I'm like the only, this is like from my, my uh, mental highlight reel from my under 10 basketball days is this one particular steal that I had where I literally just ended up Giving inadvertently right traveling. <laughs> yeah. It's so like I hit the ground and I remember the ref immediately blew the whistle and I was like, ref, you gotta be kidding me, man. Are you back talk the ref? No way. I mean, I didn't say that but i was like like the the pure astonishment that washed over me that i had just blown myself away with this catch and that it was completely unnecessary okay. or un, un, not worthwhile similar story similar story okay. let me ask you did you ever did you ever pull off like a really did you ever block somebody like oh like they like, shot the ball and you just straight up it slammed into your the palm of your hand you didn't foul them on this occasion you just clean block they shot it hit you sorry how embarrassing it's the best feeling in the world <laughs> Did, so, did this ever happen to you? This this never happened to me. And I would say that we got some jumps in our family. Yeah, like our, yeah. our dad is 5'8", yeah, and, and in high school he could like dunk a basketball. Yeah, like yeah. we we definitely, we could we could jump more than I think is, is typically expected. I don't, I don't want to say I totally beat Lee Bradshaw and got third place at the uh, districts of indoor track my sophomore year, but... Whew, I did. But wow, called but, out. But that's right. Third place in districts. High jump. What? Nice. Yeah. Do you still have that the the ribbon for that particular event on your on your dresser? Doubt it. <laughs> in like a basket collection. Doubt it. Dust. But that was much to my own astonishment. I was like, did I just place in something at high jump? Unexpected. It was unexpected. unexpected, but I was pretty happy with that day. Anyway, continue with your story. No, well, I was just gonna say that me, whenever I went to block somebody, was exactly like my, my ability to foul somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like imagining myself 
itself. And of course, I'm sure that in reality, it looks so different than it felt in my head. But like, you know, the person would go up to make a shot. I would run and jump 19 feet in the air yeah. like I always did. Yeah. And this, per- like every single person, regardless of who they were, was apparently able to shoot like a perfect rainbow shot <laughs> where they're like, you know, all of a sudden seven-year-old kid throwing the ball, both hands above their head, leaning backwards, doing the arc, yeah. the whole thing, swish. And I'm like, right. how did you get it? I want, can we see this in slow motion? Because right. I'm pretty sure I missed it by like fingertips. Right. They performed all the mental math and were like, what looks about about 19 foot yeah. jump I'm going with? I can shoot this 19 feet one inch. <laughs> I'm going to heave it square <laughs> and in the air. swish it. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. I, I know the feeling because when, when you're a little kid, the idea of blocking the shot feels like it should be so easy. As long as you're in front of the person and you jump when they shoot it, surely you're going to hit it. Yeah. How could they possibly throw it over your head? You're right here. Your arm is up. This was this was something that I was like, blocking the ball almost felt mythical after like a couple of years of basketball. Agreed. Where it was like, I don't know how people are shooting it over me. And it's like, yeah, the, the answer is, it's not that hard to shoot over somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have the high ground. <laughs> they have the high ground. They're further back. Yeah. Anyway, but I remember just like longing for the day when I would indeed just straight up slam the ball right back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it finally happens, Ben. Who did it ha- Was like, it Lee Bradshaw? It wasn't. It wasn't. It was, I think it was a kid named Brian. But, oh, but Yeah. It would be Brian. Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly as you imagine it should be. You're standing right there. You're playing defense. They go to take the shot. You jump. Ball slams into your hand. You're like, no way. I was I was so excited. It's like Because it was such a clean block. Yeah. It was yeah, exactly yeah. what I pictured it to be. And I couldn't believe it. The, the joy overwhelmed me in my brain. I was like, that was amazing. And then they called the whistle and they're like, bow. And I was like, as. I was, I was so mad. I was like, what? What? Like. Isn't, aren't you allowed to block shot? It was as if they were telling me you were not allowed to block shots. Like, no, no, no. You can put like, you can get in the way. You can't actually block it. That's the thing. I was like, what? Now, can you imagine you, how disheartening that would be to that player? <laughs> Do you know how hard basketball would be if you could block shots? What are you, crazy? No, I was, this was a complete miscall. But they called me for a foul for a beautiful block. Oh. And it was like, oh, so disheartening in the moment because I was like, was I wrong? Am I not allowed to do that? Because I know I didn't touch them. Right. I it, oh, so mad, Ben. They they totally ripped the rug right out of my my uh, li- little little basketball, Jonathan. Little. Oh, uh. it's so sad to think about. Anyway, I know, I know. That's the thing, though. That's the thing is that like your the feedback loop gets damaged along yes. the way, and it's like this moment that should have like forever reinforced, like like should have been true from that day forward. Like my three pointers. <laughs> like I should. I I was supposed to be able to do them always Mm -hmm. it was a life hack like i had realized if i shoot behind this line just like you if i jump in the air and block them that like you know it's supposed to be the most powerful feeling in the world and it turns out that it just just yeah it It turns out throwing up a brick in the middle of a game (laughs) (laughs) is the exact opposite it is tragically ruining to your confidence unfortunately so Ben, we had speaking since we're talking about sports on the Reddit, there was a, a question regarding the various sports teams we follow because I think a few episodes back we said Roll Tide for something. Oh I, wow! I don't know what it was in regards to, but would you like to discuss the sports teams we follow? The the, the sportses? Yeah. yeah, no, because actually, I mean, this, I actually feel like there's an interesting topic in itself here because I have found, and and this is like proving just time and time again this idea of like don't 
meet your heroes is like the exact like way that sports teams or heroes in my life have existed to me. Yeah. Like it has been this time and time again that just anybody that I look up to ultimately ends up just being like the worst. Oh. And it's been it has been a tragic problem. We could we could start it off with our our football team, which has a story attached to this. Uh, you went there to Virginia Tech. Yeah. So uh, high and away the number one sports team. I think that either of us follow is the Virginia Tech Hokies football team. The Virginia Tech Hokies football, yeah. yes. And it, it, for me, it all started back in 1999. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I think I was, let's see, I was 11. Fourth grade, must have been. Must have been. Yeah. Good math. Well, I was in sixth grade. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so yeah, fourth grade. And I remember uh, dad brought us to our very first Virginia Tech football game. And it was this thing like, where I think I remember, there, I mean, there was so much that went into it, but we like tailgated, you know, we like we were able to like bust out the camping grill and like on the back of the did we drive the minivan or something i feel like we were like you know whatever it was cool uh we got to make hot dogs and stuff and you know you got to get like a souvenir and we were like decked out like i think in all the clothing because the idea was that like that got you on the jumbotron if you were like a super fan and so not like everyone else there (laughs) not like everyone i know of course not like i I had like a uh, like a pom-pom that like a cheerleader would have like as my hair with like a hat wow you know on and like face paint and like i was wearing a sweater and all sorts of stuff we had a gobbler which is like this thing you could shake and it would make like a gobbling noise and they eventually banned right (laughs) (laughs) the the hokies if you're you're wondering what a hokey is it's a turkey it's a turkey and a gobbler is a uh i think used by turkey hunters yes typically call of a turkey but people would bring them to the virginia tech games and just shake them in the crowds and make fun gobble sounds it was really cool it was really cool to to this day i do not know why they were banned it must must have like been a problem for some other Mm. reason or maybe people were getting hit with them i don't know anyway now the turkeys were showing up (laughs) in this particular game and i hope that i have the score correct because otherwise this crystallized memory of myself uh we were playing syracuse and it was a, a like a usually formidable team that we had to play on an annual basis. But this was this was the first year we had Michael Vick at quarterback, who was like single handedly changing the game of football. Yeah, like um, literally. Yes, it was it was like unreal to have this like particular quarterback who could run as well as throw the ball, and it was like so fun to watch. Right. So Virginia Tech won. I think it was sixty three to nothing. Like. <laughs> Just flattened, flattened them. What a great and first experience. I know. I know. I've always thought that. And mm. so it was like from that moment on, it was like, okay, I'm a hokey. And they ended up going to the Sugar Bowl that year and losing to Florida State. But it was like. That was the national championship game. The national championship that game. Year. Yeah. Like, so that was like the biggest game that. Uh, like the a, Nokia Sugar Bowl. Do you remember Nokia cell phones, Ben? I do. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> oh, what a sick burn uh, on Nokia. I know. But take that. Oh. Uh. Uh, Man, anyway, sorry, go on. No, yeah, but so, anyway, but like, yeah, our dad is like a TV news reporter, so he got to go down and was like at the game covering it for like the Uh, local like news thing, mm and I don't know, it was just like, it was a really overall super like positive experience and like totally became the reason that like I became like such a diehard Hokie fan, but then anybody who's a fan of sports knows that like over time, ultimately, there was a whole bunch of problems with Michael Vick and, you know, he was like somehow involved to this day i feel like i have like done minimal research on it because it like bothers me so much right and it's like i don't really i don't even know if i want to know the extent but there was like a dog fighting ring and ended up going to prison and spending yeah i think most people are aware of like michael vick's legacy yeah post post his college career and man 
But you're right. I, I mean, I remember that too, because we'd been fans of Virginia Tech for, you know, just growing up as little kids. Yeah. There's no professional sports team, national professional sports team, you know, near Roanoke or anything. Which is a phenomenon. I think that this is something unique to our area because the stadium that Virginia Tech plays in is regarded as like one of the loudest stadiums in the country. Yeah. And it holds, I think, 67,000 people. But I think a huge part of that is because there are no other teams that like are competing for this particular region of the world's like fandom. Well, yeah, I mean, up until I would say up until 1999, it was it was pretty split between the University of Virginia and Virginia Tech because sure. they were two big the the two big D1 colleges near us yes. that had a chance at doing anything. And I think UVA had in particular had some success at basketball. They had recently graduated the, you know, Ronda Antiki Barber who went to a school, who went to our high school. He went to our high school, yeah. yeah. So up until 1999, I think you had a pretty even split. Post-1999, uh, not even at all because Virginia Tech overwhelmingly became the more popular football school. Yes. Like overwhelmingly. I would say, in fact, God, this is, I mean, I'll give some credit to UVA, but for the first time in I think, what, 16 years, they defeated the Hokies at football last year. Yep. And I mean, just the overwhelming, it hasn't even been close though. You no, know? yeah. It's 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 sort of like was this really odd thing that happened. And the whole, the whole thing that unfolded was really strange because my childhood best friend's parents, he was a judge and he went to UVA and they were diehard UVA fans. And the thing that he would always give me crap for is Virginia Tech's GPA that they required going into school. Uh, it was like this thing that he would be like, yeah, but like, what's the GPA it takes to get into Virginia Tech versus UVA? And it was like, I don't even know what a GPA is. <laughs> like, I got a triangle in math this year. <laughs> um, so... Yeah. It was, it was really funny. But so then the Michael Vick era happens and all of a sudden, and I don't even know if these two things are correlated or if it just so happened to be the case, but all of a sudden Virginia Tech also became a really great school to go to. Oh, 100% they're correlated. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because, because this put Virginia Tech on the map as like a football school. It like changed, like Virginia Tech had like the pre-Michael Vick era and then the post-Michael Vick era where suddenly, all of a sudden, tons of applications were pouring in. The school was good at football for decades after well right. it's only been multiple decades until like what this the fact year? <laughs> the fact that it's been decades the fact yeah. that it's been decades they've been competitive they've been good they haven't been to the national championship again or anything but the point is there was this like one person who changed the entire school and like you know raised the gpa the average gpa from like 3.2 to basically four, you know, I don't know if it's like probably 3.9 or something now. Oh yeah. I, I had like a, I had like a three, seven, three, eight coming out of high school and I did not get in. So. Right. So it's like crazy to see the effects of this person. And then also to have like, and to like be like a little kid watching it happen. And then to watch it be that person be so vilified and have to like, like, own up to the fact that, like, yeah, that was a really terrible thing that that person did. And gosh, <laughs> I, man, gosh, it's like, I, it's so hard to turn like to like rationalize that when you're like a kid, when someone you like looked up to so much that like literally like, I'm like, I, you're right. I went to Virginia Tech, you know, that's where I went to school and the whole school 
probably has, you know, way, way, way more money because of this person. Like the whole, my whole education is likely affected right. by that season of football. Right. You know, which is a, such a weird thing to think about. God, that's, that's probably a problem. It, but, it, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how far you want to pull that string. Yeah. But no, and, and it's so true. But so then, so I, I think like all that to be said though, it was like, a, it's a huge part of our childhood. Uh, now as adults, we have, we have had season tickets to yeah. like, you know, Virginia Tech football games and stuff. But so then moving on from that though, also growing up, we were huge fans of a rather obscure sport, but it was a huge deal to our parents, which was cycling. Cycling. So like every year as like something that like our family would like do, you know, for the month of July is follow the Tour de France. Tour de France. Uh, which I, I don't know. Um, it, it seems like is like a very popular, but I still have to imagine niche finance or not financial uh, um, sporting event. Well, I think it's it's sort of like the Tour de France is like akin to like World Cup soccer. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like if you're gonna if you're gonna watch something, you're yeah, probably watching like, that. Yeah, if you're watching cycling, you're not watching cycling anywhere outside of the Tour de France, probably. Right. Unless you're really invested and you're watching the Giro d'Italia and all the other you know big, yeah, yeah. all the other yeah big uh, <clears throat> international races that happen on the circuit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, of course, everybody knows exactly who the most famous person attached to the Tour de France is, which was Lance Armstrong. Armstrong. <laughs> so this is like another thing like, you know, where we we grow up. And I remember he was actually racing through Roanoke once upon a time. And the Tour du Pont. The Tour du Pont. Yeah. And so we got to like see him come through like in winter race in like a hailstorm. Yeah. It was like an actual literal like hail coming from the sky. It's the only time I've ever been outside when it was hailing before. I think I have seen it hailing outside less than five times in my life. Yeah. And on one of those occasions, I happened to be in downtown Roanoke watching a cycling race where Lance Armstrong sprinted to a finish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And once again, dad got to interview him. Oh yeah, we had this picture at our house of dad interviewing Lance and it was like him and, oh God, who's the other guy? It's uh, Phil Liggett and Paul Sherwin. Yep. Right, so Paul Sherwin. It was like our dad's like co-commentator for the Tour de Pont. It was like, what? Like, he, you know, when you listen, when you listen to the Tour de France, they have the world's greatest commentators. Well, Phil Liggett is, unfortunately, has passed away, which yes. is a real, real loss to the entire sport of cycling. But Phil Liggett, Paul Sherwin, these two, like, made the show. Yeah. And, like, like because, yeah, it, it's, it's remarkable because so much of cycling, you're literally watching this entire, like, blob of people. Yeah. Like, 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 moving across a country road. And it's really picturesque and scenic and stuff. But for most of the race, almost nothing interesting yeah. is happening. Well, especially if they're not in the mountains. Like if, because if you're not familiar with the Tour de France, they go through the Pyrenees and the Alps and the race is decided on the mountains because that's when people can attack and make huge distance time gaps between their competitors. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, that's only like six days, six, maybe seven days of a 23 day race. The rest is a lot of flat cycling across France. Right, right. Where where somebody breaks away early on and then the rest of the drama is basically whether or not the pack can catch these four riders that are like 20 minutes ahead of them. Right. And that becomes like the whole thing. And it's usually like in the last like five miles of the race that they finally do effect, you yeah. know, track oh, them Oh, they're so good at timing it. Yeah, it's they so, are. They yeah. are. It's, it's amazing. All, it's it's almost like they have full teams it's of like people. The, it's like they have full teams of people in cars and communicators and yeah. And they're professional athletes. But yeah, so of course, you know the story. Lance Armstrong growing up. So so as, yeah, as a result, like our dad, also a big cyclist, just himself, you know, he got to be semi-involved in this race that you to come through Roanoke, which Lance competed in. 
Yeah. And we would watch him every year and get, so, like we would know all the people, like Jan Ulrich and like all, anyone he was competing against. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, uh, like you knew the names. You like, knew yeah, the names. Like, it, like, and there were like rivals and stuff, you oh, know, and it, it was, was like. so exciting. You, you were so, we were so invested. And he would win every year in this yeah. commanding fashion. And it would be amazing. And you'd watch all of his rivals fall to blood doping and all these scams. And he'd be like, nuh-uh, not Lance. The cancer he, survivor. Yeah, yeah. Survived cancer, not doing any of this blood doping, defeating the guys who were cheating. What a hero. What an American icon. Except that he was cheating. <laughs> and... God, God, it's just, it was, it's so, it's like you put, mm, it's so painful when this happens. It is, it I is. Can't I'm sure, I don't have to describe it. I'm sure this was other people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. And and so, you know, you're just sitting there and it's like so much of, of this like pride that you've had in this person who like represented, you know, your country. Yeah. Like all of a sudden it just completely, uh. like you, you have to like, you have to start doing these like mental hurdles is like figure out like, where do you stand? now I know. with this person who has meant so much to you uh in, in terms of like the way that you can you can value them and and i feel like with cycling in particular it's this weird sport where there was like a 10-year span where literally every single winner granted seven of them were lance but were every single winner was had their title taken away right and so it's like no one has won the race for 10 years like right. there's like, just this big gap where what was, is what is this sport i know they're like oh it's just awarded to the runner-up and it's like you know if you're the runner-up you're not like i knew it huh. that that counts it feels it feels the same it feels the same i got to have that really cool moment in paris where they put the yellow jersey on me the and nope lion yeah yeah nope. no that's mm. not how it worked so popcorn culture is supported by arena club Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like even in our office, we have not one but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded it can add huge value and then not only that but once they're graded they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card now i know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see but you can also request them to be sent to you at any time so they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do but whether you're buying selling trading or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out and right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop which wow that is a crazy offer 10% off a $400 slab pack that's like $40 right there anyway that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase
Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Anyway, moving on from cycling to, uh, I would say the next, the, the next would be our, our NFL teams, uh, which would be the Washington Redskins and the New England Patriots, who, hooray, are the least controversial teams in the whole sport. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even believe you mentioned the mascot of the Washington football team, because at this point, it's just like, why? Why can't oh. you change the name? A absolutely change the name. Absolutely change the name. It is so infuriating. It in and it's like it's like you sit there and it's the closest sports team to us. I th I think we're we're right on it's the edge with the Carolina Panthers. Panthers where yeah. technically they might be physically closer, but even even Washington D.C. is not a part of Virginia. But for some reason, it feels <laughs> more. I don't know. It seemed it seemed like as a kid, it was cooler to root for the capital than for a different state. But then you read the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I did just finish the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and it is a lot of bad stuff happens. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, and we'll come back to that. We'll come back. We can... The yes, the the team from Washington has been the like hometown quote unquote team that we have cheered for historically, and basically, I think since the year you were born in 1980. They have 
never really been like good. I want to say I, I think the last time they won the Super Bowl was 88. Maybe it may be, it's it's around there. It's around when I was born. And yeah, and it was like, oh yeah, they, they were good. They were like one of the best teams. There's this, if you've seen the movie, The Blind Side, there's this scene at the beginning where Sandra Bullock is explaining to you why the left tackle is so important. And the example she uses is when this guy, Joe Theismann gets tackled because his left tackle was wasn't good at protecting him. And he like, I think he breaks his neck. It's some sort of spinal injury. Anyway, uh, he was the Redskins quarterback. And basically since that moment, hey, that's just <laughs> been it. <laughs> that's just been it. And the, re I mean, it's not like the players or anything in particular have been a cause for concern with Washington's football team. It's really been mostly the mascot. The mascot. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah, is such a, such a big problem yeah um and it's i would say like when it comes down to it the the big thing for us is that our dad grew up in new england which means we've always had sort of a backup team which just so happens to be really super good really super good yeah it was it, this was almost necessary to, in our nfl viewings because because washington is typically so not good yes the at least you could count on new england to be good but you could then also absolutely count on everyone to be calling the New England Patriots uh, cheaters for one scandal after another. Repeatedly. And, and who... It's like, I, I have no idea the legitimacy of any of them. I just know that a lot of people don't like the New England Patriots for being super good at football. Well, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, no matter what, and this is even going back to the Tour de France example, it's like the reason why retroactively so many titles were taken away is because as the winner of the event, you were put under enormous scrutiny to ensure that you had not cheated. And if in the future, at some point in time, it yielded that you had, then it's like, ooh, okay, well, we're going to take that title back from you now so hot. Right. And I feel like second place was usually only in second place by so much, and chances are it was just as hard for them to be in second place, but there's not nearly as much scrutiny over that one. <laughs> right. Um, so it's like the real question there being, and I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but the idea being that there also seems like a reasonable likelihood that if you came in second, there's that there might be that same reason as to how you came in second. Well, this is this is the problem with professional cycling during this entire... I don't, I don't follow it nearly as closely anymore, largely for all the reasons we've talked about <laughs> but yeah uh you can it just seemed like if you were at the top of the sport it's because you were blood doping yeah that's which which is also then just another weird form of cheating that it feel it's like you're just taking i I'm not like suggesting it's okay or anything, but what you're doing is you're taking your blood out, waiting for your blood to replenish and then putting your blood back in yourself, right? I believe so. I think it has something to do with like white blood cells and it's right. almost like you you take it when you have like very oxygen rich and right. then like when you're racing 200 miles a day and it's not very oxygen rich, you can literally like replace your blood with blood you had previously that is oxygen rich. Right. So it's like it, there is a non like chemical steroid type of thing to it I think I think but I feel I feel like I, I would be on very thin ice attempting to I, talk about it I'm without not, it's not it's not okay yeah because it's against the rules but it is certainly it certainly felt like the whole field was just doing it and it just didn't seem like why weren't you just testing everyone I don't right it, yeah. it, it definitely it feels like at some point in time also you're just going to ruin your own sport if you if everyone is doing it and you're going to take away everyone's title for doing it yeah then it's like there's not much of a sport left. There's like, not much, which I think is probably, I bet they're suffering from that even today. Yeah. But so anyway, 
Um, That's been the long history of many of the teams and people we watched in sports and looked up to and have had to watch them be torn down for reason after reason and for good reason, but it's just been a disappointing string of <laughs> it, uh, decisions on our part. And it makes it hard to like ever like really become a huge fan of like a single sports star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I have like um, like emotional hardship. I, I have baggage when it comes to me supporting anything in a sports context whatsoever. Right. It's like, no, no, no. I've been hurt before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. We'll it's like, see. And that's the thing. Everyone has been hurt by their sports team because by the very nature of how it works, like there are wins, losses, and the excitements and the downs and everything. That's what makes it fun. Right. But no, I, I feel like for some reason, our particular set of support that we've put out into the world has been met with just nothing but horrid it's heartbreak. Been, it's been, and, but I, I'm curious to know if this is just everyone's experience, if everyone just feels like, oh, not my team under fire again right you know or, or like it maybe maybe this is the way everyone feels well and it's just that we only recognize it as it pertains to our teams because we're fans of those teams right 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 so this is this actually like relays back to a, a sentiment that i express a lot and that is that it is so easy to forget that you were at the center of your own universe yeah and so so frequently i think that you you see something that may have happened to you so like if you spilt mustard on your shirt or something then because you're so enormous aware of this like blotch on your shirt at a at a fancy dinner party or something you think that every single person you walk up to is looking straight at it yeah. you know and you're like oh my god how embarrassing but the reality of the situation is that nobody knows to look for it mm -hmm. and because they were not privy to the spillage of the mustard on the shirt it means that when they go up and walk or you know you know communicate with you their expectation is not to find something that, that is out right, of the they're ordinary not trying to find something wrong. exactly right exactly and so but it's but it's hard not to take those like insecurities and feel like they are being like like uh, megaphoned out into the world, mm -hmm. at, like everywhere you go, as if everybody is immediately honing in on the very things that you might question about yourself. Yeah. Um, so like my wife, Alice, for example, had this like, she had this like nose dot is what we called it. And it, I, don't, I think it was like a mole that she had like right on the like off center of her nose. And it was one of these things where when I first met her, I noticed it for about the first seven seconds. Right. And then literally never noticed it ever again. Right. And I think a few years ago, she was like, okay, I think I'm actually going to go and have it removed. And I was like, have what removed? Like as if she needed to like legitimately explain to me that like that it would be something I'm so, so absurdly used to it never right. would notice it. like as if in as if in her mind every interaction you've had with her since the day you met you were thinking about it a little a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like as if i was like ongoing aware of it which i was not but you know that it, it's her face it's right. something she sees when she looks in the mirror every single day right. so i feel like that's a really good thing to keep in mind is that if you if you have some kind of insecurity about yourself you you need to give yourself a little more credit that you are probably more critical of you than other people are critical of you oh for sure that's true yes yes, yes. Um, which brings me oh. to my, my stellar list here. I think probably hmm. we might even have to change what I was planning on titling this, this episode now that we're in the, the, the final quarter of it. Right. But I wanted to discuss because during quarantine, I feel like I have been very introspective. I I've been like mm -hmm. reviewing myself a lot I see. and, and as ever putting myself under enormous scrutiny there you go. Uh, for the ongoing behaviors and, and you know, like whatever consistent things that I have. Like the other day, Alice pointed out that I leave out 
got the creamer every day for my coffee. Wow. And she was like, it's, this is like the most Ben Carlin. She actually came home and she was like, where's the creamer? And I was like, it's in the fridge. And she was like, you put it away? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, leaving out the creamer is like the most Ben Carlin thing ever. I can't believe you put it away. And it was like remarkable to her. And so, of course, that's been like ingrained into my brain now. And now I, will, I will never leave it out ever it, again. Isn't it amazing when stuff like this happens like other people notice things about you and you have no idea you're yeah. doing yeah, or like yeah. when you have like a personal standard for something that is like far outside of someone else's yeah like i want to say i feel like growing up there were certainly times where I, I would similarly like leave the milk out like at our house or yeah i would come home and the milk would have just been sitting on the table since like breakfast uh-huh and i would just pick it up and put it in the fridge and be like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fine. I guess that's fine. And you know what? The next morning, people would drink the milk and we would finish it and it would be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that would happen. But I guarantee you there are people listening right now who are like gagging themselves. Like, you did what? Oh, I know. I know. You know what like, I mean? Dairy. At what? Yeah, like, so this is, this that kind of thing is certainly like me me and my wife, Beth, have very different um, standards for like how long something could have been left out for. Before it becomes dangerous <laughs> to consume. Dangerous. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so funny and it's like i don't know what it's like what what side of it are you i i don't know you know what i saw a really good uh tweet during the beginning of quarantine that was like ever since quarantine started me and my spouse have started playing a game called why do you do it that way <laughs> And it always ends with both of us losing. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like... That's, that is exactly right. Yes. Yeah. It, that, that, it goes back to the thing. We used to we used to express the sentiment a lot on our gaming channel. But when you get into an argument with your significant other, you, winning is not winning. Like, it, winning means you are you are married to a loser. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. This is this is uh, scorekeeping. Yeah, scorekeeping. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, scorekeeping. Very, very tricky business. Don't want to partake in it. If you find yourself scorekeeping, which would be like, oh, oh, this, this would be like rewarding good behavior and like penalizing like bad behavior kind of stuff right or like so, being like oh ben didn't put the creamer away that's like minus five points maybe you're not putting it into literal numbers like that in your head but if you're carrying that sort of like resentment or it's like well okay or like if maybe you were around the house and you're like i took out the trash today i cleaned up the entire living room i vacuumed i made the bed i did three things of laundry and now i am owed free time off or something exactly right. yeah it's so it's so so easy to go down that yeah, particular that particular line and you need to be careful uh not to keep score which is something that I, I mean i think i do struggle with constantly so it's like i'm always sort of reminding myself in the back of the head to mm. be like okay no it's okay it's okay gotta, right gotta let it go okay so anyway anyway tips to improve yourself this is uh 30 just random tips that i literally I, I thought this was interesting about myself when i was looking for self-improvement tips i typed it into google and instead of going to a web page this shows how much i love when people say tldr too long didn't read oh yeah i went to images Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I'm not so I don't want the blog post. Wouldn't it be great if the first image was read the full article? <laughs> right, right, yeah. It's like no, I'm not going to. So I literally went to I went to Google Images, Google Images. for this particular bit of inspiration. We're gonna see okay. how well we do on some of these. Um, number two on the list is spend time in nature. Spend time in nature. Spend this time is a in way nature. to this is a way to improve yourself. Can we call nature outside? 
Uh, I don't think you can. Really? No, I don't you think, think so. A, okay, so this this is the thing. So I, I one of the things that our trainer harps on a lot is vitamin D, which you get from the sun, sure. which happens from being outside, aka nature. Uh, well, I would say there's a difference between spending time and in nature and like playing in the backyard. Okay. okay. You know, I don't know. I, so I don't play, know if, unless you think the point of this step is actually get more vitamin D. Which I think is useful, though. I think it is useful, but I don't think it's what this is going for. Okay, so explain to because me... Because then when they just say, get more vitamin D. <laughs> well, it's not nearly as... And it's like, this too long. We can't have that. <laughs> too long. Get more vitamin D. That's four words versus spend time in nature, which is four words. <laughs> There's like a difference between going for like a walk around your neighborhood on the, you know, the road. I wouldn't count... Like, you know, if you go for a walk through the neighborhood and you're on the streets, do you think that counts as spending time in nature? It doesn't feel like it. Yeah, it I, doesn't. Okay, I feel like there's almost even like a detachment from your technology that needs to happen in in spending time in nature. Like if you are if you have your phone with you and you can text people while you're out in the middle of the you know forbidden forest, mm -hmm. then you're still not in nature. Almost, it's like you are, but I feel like the point of what they're going for with being in nature is this idea of like becoming one with the nature, <laughs> literally painting yourself into the bark of the tree like Peter Malark. <laughs> Is that his last name? Peter Malark. That is his last name. Okay. And also his ability to frosting his arm into tree bark, especially in the movie, is so outrageously unrealistic. Yeah, I feel like they had to get the best froster on the planet to come in and, and do that yeah. frosting for him. When Katniss finds, I just rewatched The Hunger Games this last week, and when Katniss finds him by the river and he has frosted his face into the rocks, I'm like, dude, I wouldn't have even spoken up to Katniss. I'd been, you are good. You are not, you are going to win. Stay. You can not be found. Stay put. Stay. Do not move. Unless the game makers are shooting fireballs at you, you are set, dude. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. So spend okay. time in nature, become Peter Malark. Got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> spend time, that's like spend time as nature. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, so question three, or not question three, but uh, rather uh, suggestion number three. I skipped number one altogether. Is do something scary. Do something scary. Yeah. Have you what? Have you done something scary during quarantine? Interesting question. Have I done something scary? I'm trying to think of what I would define as scary because there are things that I enjoy that I believe others would perceive as scary, but I perceive them as fun. So like we used to do, and we've talked about it on the pot before, a certain amount of like cliff jumping into like, oh, not cliffs really so much as large rocks into mm. bodies of water. Large rock jumping. Large rock jumping mm. as I like to call it. Uh, kind of rolls off the tongue a little better. This was an activity that like I used to be drawn to in a way that I cannot describe. Fact. Like it was something where I'd be like, like people would say, what do you want to do this weekend? I was like, well, I want to go find a big rock we can jump off of. Like le legitimately, I'm not exaggerating. That is something I would say. I do recall a certain period of time where on many weekends in a row, you would push for us to go create a like interactive video series about the various rope swings around Roanoke. Yes. yes. Go row. Go so, row. <laughs> That's what I was going to call it. So we live in an area called Roanoke and I was like oh if we have a website called GoRo then all of a sudden we have a way to go and like showcase all of the unique ways that you can interact with nature huh? with, I think it was specifically rope swings nature in Roanoke 
And I thought, yeah, I was super excited about it. I thought we could use GoPros and drones and all sorts of stuff. Really, I what I what I feel like my life's dream would be the ability to go and shoot things with that, but have like an ongoing reason to do so. Mm-hmm. It's not enough. To, like I can't just go do it. I need to have a reason to do it. This this is always your problem. It is always, always my you problem. Gotta, like, you're, you're like you're like the reason is that you want to do it, but that's never good enough for you. No, it's not. Maybe there's something about on this list that could help you with that. <laughs> Maybe you need to go spend time as nature. Spend time as nature. Okay. All right. So doing something scary. I'm not sure that I've done something scary. We've started live streaming on Fridays, which I would say the uh, for the, the Super Carlin Brothers YouTube channel. I would say the first time we did that, it felt scary because I didn't know how mm. it was going to go. Yeah. Um, so that felt like, you know, you can you be putting yourself out there a little bit. Yeah. I've gone, I've you know, I've had to go to doctor's offices, which I don't know, feels scary during quarantine. That does feel scary. It's like that lots feel- of germs lots of yeah no okay good point good point okay let's see here we're gonna jump down to let me can i just call a number out yeah call a number 30 let's 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 do number 29 29 almost to the bottom Okay, actually, I really like this one. Start a 30-day challenge. Oh, okay. I did start a 30-day challenge. <laughs> you didn't finish it? Well, it doesn't say you have to, but it just says start. So uh, well, I think that, we're good. Well, you know, that's a good point, right. I guess. Like, you don't... That, Intend that's a, to improve yourself. Intend. Right. Yes, that's... Right. That's, that is what matters. more important than actually following through. Right. Okay. So the thing that I will say about this is once upon a time, I feel like in a psychology class in college or something, they challenged you to break a bad habit. And they say that if you break a bad... Or if you spend 14 days doing something, you should be able to break the bad habit. So okay. like biting your nails or... Um, what's another bad habit that people have? I don't know. Boy, it's like now that you've asked me, so what, what bad habits could there be? I don't know, like drinking. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lifestyle really one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll stick with biting your nails. So anyway, the idea would be that like if you could do it for 14 days, we were consciously making like a commitment to the idea of not biting your nails. Then at the end of that 14 day period, it no longer is a conscious commitment to it. It will just stick. And this is something that I feel like I have way too liberally applied to my attempts to do things in life mm-hmm. where I've been like, okay, okay. Like two weeks, if I work out for two weeks in a row, or if I like set this new schedule where I'm going to like get up and like run before work and then go to the gym afterwards. And then on the weekends, I'm going to go mountain biking with my friend, Stephen. It's like, like, I'm like, okay, all I have to do is do it for two weeks and then it'll be locked in and my life will just be like committed to That's this how, new schedule. Yeah. And it's like, you get to the end of the two weeks and you're like, man, I'm exhausted from doing that for the past 14 days. Thank goodness it's going to be on autopilot now and wake up the next morning and don't do any of it. And you're like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> Isn't it weird where sometimes like you have like a little nugget or like a little fact like that where you're like, this is how things are. And you like, don't even realize how much stock you're putting into that thing. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It's like fouling like, in basketball. Exactly. It's like, yeah, it, it, as far as they're concerned, this is the rule that, yeah, 14 days, that's it. That's what I have to do. And if I can't make it 14 days, if that seems too hard, I, I shouldn't even try. Right. It's like, this is, it just, it sounds like what really needs to happen. You need your little inside out jelly bean dudes to just like suck that fact and just like get rid of it. Get rid of it. It's just like you reset that fact. That, that. That particular idea or belief is sabotaging my ability to do the things that I need to do in life. I'm going to remember right. that, Jay, and it's going to apply to everything from now on, and I'm going to be able to fix every every problem in my life. There you go. This is the new fact. This is the that's, new fact. That's replaced the old fact. The 14-day rule is out. The 30-day 30 30-day rule is in. No, this is, this is interesting to me, though, because one of the ways that I tend to like to approach the world is by doing things in a rather extreme way. Like I've said before that if yes. I wanted to, like I'm not good at waking up early in the morning. I'm, I have so much energy at night, so little energy in the morning. I, I, I swear it is harder for me to wake up than maybe you to wake up. You seem to just wake up and be awake and it's infuriating. Oh, not at the moment. I've no. got 
twin sons who sleep less than three feet away from me. Okay, that's reasonable. reasonable. Yeah. It makes me very tired all the time. Okay. All of the time. Okay. Well, so anyway, the point is, though, that by the way that I'm always like, okay, I'm going to start waking up early. It's like if instead of just being like, all right, 7 a.m., like that'll be early and that'll be perfect. And I'm sure plenty, plenty of people are like, 7 a.m. is early for you. Um, it would be, um, <laughs> it's, it's like, instead of just setting a completely reasonable goal like that, I'm like, I'm going to get up at 5am for the rest of my life. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, why five? Yeah. Like, like why, why do you, you have it? to go so early? Yeah. Like, and, hey, if you're not going to wake up at four, why even, why even try to wake up early? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so for, for, for some reason to me though, then I get the accolade of waking up like absurdly early. You know, it's like, it's, it becomes like a characteristic that is interesting about you that you can then that's the reason you're doing you it. can cherish it yeah exactly it's like it's like this is what i can tell people it's like i wake up at five every day it's right, like because the only real reason you're doing it is so that you can tell people i've started waking up at five every day well if you're not going to get that reward then what's the point that you are awake earlier and you can do more things right exactly yeah no that doesn't seem like nearly as exciting mm -hmm. but in my mind you know like i imagine this new world that i'm in where it's like i wake up and like I, i'm even like proud of myself you know and it's like you're like grinding get out of bed you go downstairs you're making your mm. coffee Mm. You're gonna meditate. This is again where I think we have we've hit an impasse. Or if I was performing some sort of self-improvement about this, like I think the fact that I wasn't going to tell people would be part of what was motivating me. Oh, interesting. Because like, I, like this is like my secret advantage all of a sudden. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm waking up at six, like, oh man, it's like people, I, I just want people to like organically realize over time, like, man, you get a lot done. They're like, yeah, well, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I'm just productive. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I've got a lot of strategies. Like, I just guess I'm just, I don't know. I'm, uh, I feel pretty productive. Feel pretty productive? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, I'm not going to tell you how I'm getting this. Yeah. You know what no. I'm saying? Like that's, I mean, I, I think I inevitably do tell people whatever these things are, but that, that to me, it's like interesting that you're like, I can't do it unless I'm going to do it extreme because if I just, if I just start waking up half an hour earlier, that <clears throat> is not worth telling people about. Whereas I'm like, if I'm waking up an hour earlier than everybody and I can get so much more done, that's going to be great. And people, and like, like that to me, like the excitement of having this little advantage that only I know about is like so motivating. Interesting. Yeah. In, in, I would say that we are completely different in this regard. I yeah, think so. 100%. But no, that is, that is a really interesting way to, to look at this particular new life hack. Um, you know what it sounds like, Ben? It sounds to me like if you found a hidden immunity idol on Survivor, you would be like wearing it around camp. <laughs> <laughs> like, what like, up, my hey, dudes? Hey, guess guys, what I, I found it. Guess what I found next to the log. Yeah. Yeah. No, there is no way in the world I would ever tell someone that I had it. Uh, I would be perfectly okay. Because in that particular <laughs> case, in that particular case, perfect execution of an immunity idol is worth so much more than finding it. Mm. Finding it is the first step to getting to something cool. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's you, you definitely need to play it properly for it to go down in history. The other thing about this, though, is that I think a, a lot of why I value the second half of the day so much more than the first half of the day is going back to, and we've talked about it before, for AOL Instant Messenger, Oh, surprisingly enough. So in my mind, I feel like what used to be the case was for the longest time, I remember I would just go to bed every single night at 10 o'clock. Like that was like my hard cut off. Like I would literally like tell my friends, gotta go. And I would get off 
the computer at 10. And then I think what I slowly started realizing was that other people were not doing that. Wait. And that like, I was missing out on opportunities to continue to be social later. And if I didn't do that, then people weren't like ending their day having talked to me, meaning I was going to be largely forgettable. And so it was oh my like, goodness. I know. Yeah. So it was this thing where it's like, well, I can't sign off that early because if I sign off that early, then like I won't be like, you know, top of mind. And oh man, yeah, so what it, a, man, I did not realize you were uh, so eager to be the last thing people thought of. I, I, I don't know why it was like that though. Like, it, it's not something that, like, you could have, I could have sat down with a guidance counselor and, like, what do you value? And I'd be like, I really need people, like, to like me. Like, it's not something that, like, I was aware of. Well, so this is why they would like you, though, because you were the last person they talked to? Well, I, I have no idea. You know, it's like, okay. if, if, like, if that's, like, what was happening on this, like, ongoing basis, like, it could be the case. Mm -hmm. Like, it's literally, you know, if, if they, if you outlast how late they were staying up, then it means that they were leaving the night being like, oh, it was really fun talking to Ben tonight. And then like, they wake up the next morning, it's like, it was really fun talking to Ben last night. Never assumed anyone had any fun talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. I bet I had, I think about this all the time. I had just such low, I think I just had like very low self-esteem about myself. And I don't think I realized it. Like I didn't, I didn't notice the symptom about me. But when I look back, I'm like, yeah, that was definitely a thing but I, it was like it was like i was suffering from it but not like actively in my mind you know like i didn't like wake up being like everything's the worst i'm no good i'm like oh, this, sure, sure, know, I'm I this terrible person i i but, think you can be oblivious to having low self-esteem i yeah. absolutely think that's a real thing that can happen yeah um so that's that's interesting but it's also interesting i think looking back on it and imagining this world where like my older brother who i looked up to and just perceived as having so much confidence not like like maybe oh. internally like not having that interesting and, I think that that's probably like our, our siblinghood dynamic at play where there there's just like, you probably do look to your older brothers in some way, shape or form thinking that we're siblings for that matter, as, as if they are like invincible in some manner. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like a interesting insight into maybe like even the differences in this particular way in which we were coming up and that like, this was something that like I was putting like energy into, like I am right. exhausted and should go to bed right now. But like, like I could be consciously aware of that be, and be completely unwilling to do that. Well, like, once you make the decision that you need to be the last person, you basically have to be the last person still up on your buddy list. Well, depend. I mean, you know, I would talk to, I think I talked about this last time too. I would talk to nine people at once. Mm -hmm. That's what was always like my strategy because I had a square screen and they were, you could go you three could by three all yeah. the way top to bottom. So I could see like my whole dashboard of conversations going on. And yeah, no, it was, uh, it, I mean, it would probably be super dependent on like whatever, you know, relationship or, you know, friend group or whatever I was navigating at some particular point in time. So it wasn't necessarily everybody, but there were probably people where it was like important to me that they were, I was having this effect on those people. Interesting. Yeah. I'm learning so much about you today. I know. It's really unreal. Well, we've gotten yeah. very deep. I told you I was, I've been throughout, throughout quarantine, I've been in incredibly introspective and okay. attempting to like understand myself better and why I am the way that I am. Yes. All right. Let's give one more number. Can you, okay. can you give me one more number between one and 30 that isn't, I think, uh, be nature or, 30 day challenge. Yeah, uh, let's do number 18. Number 18. Listen to uplifting music. Oh, I'm not doing that at all. <laughs>
We have talked about this, I think, on our Shuffle Challenge episode, where you and I both were not people who were good at seeking out new music uh, at all to the point. And I actually, Ethan, who edits our podcast for us, very frequently he will text me while he's giving like a listen through and give me like his feedback on whatever it was we talked about on that particular day. And the way that we talked about, the the fact that we used the shuffle button, period, like killed him inside. Really? Yes. He was like, man, I take a vinyl record, put it into my player and like, we'll listen to an album, you know, like. And just like sit? I think just sit. (laughs) Yeah. Cover to cover, man. Ethan, that's nonsense. Side A, side B. Um. You know, like get get the get the full experience of the message that they're attempting to send throughout the the course of one entire album. Oh. I will tell you that when I have new music that like that like hits my like resonates with me perfectly, mm-hmm. I can get into the to my car, put it on full volume, and it will like literally give me like an uh like an adrenaline dump. Yeah. And and I'm like so stoked. It's like those are the moments where I wish I could get out of a stoplight and like throw a weight. Or something like that. Like it's like I can live. Peter Malark. I could, yeah. Like, give me a bag of. <laughs> give me a bag of flour. A bag of flour. I'm gonna throw, throw it over Peter. the moon. <laughs> Full blown Peter Malark. That's the real takeaway. Is be more like Peter. That's um, right. That's that's what every I don't want this to the list actually is. is uh, how to be more like Peter. By the way, hashtag Team Peter. Who was Team Gale? That's like what nobody. No, some people Somebody. surely were. Somebody. Um, okay, hold on. I have a song right now that I have been listening to. It's uh, I know that it is not the original, which I'm sure Ethan is going to like be grinding his nails, which is actually by the Cranberries, but it is a song Zombie, and there is one that people are using in TikToks quite a bit by Bad Wolves. Okay. Is is like the cover of this particular song. But man, it is a straight like if you listen to it, I think you could legitimately like put headphones on, sit down, film your arms, and I would be willing to bet at one point in the song you can film yourself getting chills oh challenge extended to the people of the internet okay because yeah so again it is it is zombie by bad wolves or the cranberries version which is also absolutely spectacular love both songs but that is the current bop that i'm that's your bop that's that's what i'm jamming to so ethan when i'm getting in my car right now and i'm and i'm putting my shuffle on i'm putting shuffle on the one song i have from this particular artist and listening to it on repeat so not shuffle. So well, it's, it's shuffle. It's, like, it's just randomly it's choosing play, the same song. It's a playlist with one song, and I'm hitting shuffle instead of repeat. Okay. There you go. That's it. That's it. So, but that's the thing. Yeah. No. And I find this to be such a ridiculous challenge. But if I can find good music, I used to do this in high school too all the time. I would just go driving, like listening to music, right. and just like let it blare. Mm. Man, I feel like I am like literally invincible. That's but cool. the problem is, it's so rare for me to consistently have access to music that gives me that feeling right because i'll kill it so quickly right like i, I will listen to it burn so it up. yeah exactly just burn it up into a million pieces and never want to hear it again well i know that feeling with music i think so often whenever i go to whenever i have time to specifically listen to something to me music feels like the greatest like waster of time not that i never will listen to music but like if i could otherwise be listening to like a podcast or a book or something that just seems like a better use of my time it just seems more productive it does feel i i would agree with you and i i'm sure there are plenty of people who would not but you're absolutely right like i i would say that there are almost no circumstances that i can remember in my life short of driving my car around and listening to music where 
the only thing I was doing was just sitting and taking in music. Right. Like it's just, it is not something I'll listen to it while I work out. I'll listen to it while I drive. Uh, I'll listen to it while I mow the lawn or something like that. But even under most of those circumstances, I'll have an audiobook in. Right. Well, there you go. There you go. Okay. So before we sign off, there's one last thing I want to do real quick, which is give a very special happy birthday to Ernie's wife, Jess. Jess Aykroyd, actually. So these are members of our Patreon. Jess's birthday was actually Wednesday the 17th. She is turning 30, uh, and apparently she turned him on to uh, the pop. What? While they were, I believe it was while they were on their honeymoon at Disney World. (laughs) Well, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to Jess. Super cool. cool. And thank you guys for sorting us, supporting us over on Patreon. If anybody else would like to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash popcorn culture. We have three tiers. They all do exactly the same thing. It votes on who is the host of the week. Currently, uh, I am in the lead. Yeah, that's right. Ben's in the lead for host, but I'm in the lead for special guests. Well, well. Yeah. Um, Also, if you you support us on Patreon, you get access to After the Final Pop, which is an additional 10 to 15 minutes of us chatting about something else that you guys submitted so if you guys would like to do that again you can do so by going to patreon.com slash popcorn culture otherwise guys until next week pop pop When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.